The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And I guess it's a good – I don't know what kind of day it is to be a Yankee fan. Really? Honest. Wow, okay. There's a lot like – it's like an uncertain day to be a Yankee fan. I think we're all waiting to hear about Judge. You know, I, I'm afraid to say it's a good day to be a Yankee fan. It's 5-17 on Monday. Someone doesn't turn this on until noon on Tuesday, and his foot has fallen off by then. Yeah, no, that that's fair. I, I just it's hard for me to be anything but positive coming off of taking two out of three in L.A. on the road and taking four out of six on the West Coast. I just thought that was a huge deal. And especially considering Stanton missed one of the games and Judge missed one of the games and they still took two out of three against the Dodgers. That was as impressed as I've been by the Yankees easily all season. Yeah. So if let's say Judge's foot is fine. Great day to be a Yankee fan. I think, you know, the Mariners aren't a great team. Like they were – you look at their record now, it feels like they haven't won a game since we last talked. Um, but they can be a competitive team. Uh, the Dodgers are a, a first-place team. They're a playoff team. So, yeah, if you go four and two on that week, like that's a good week. Um, obviously, you know, I'm sure we're going to talk injuries. But, you know, you've got questions about Judge. You're, you know, there's concern with Nestor. He's on the IL. So we didn't come out of it clean, but it's as good as you can get coming out of a, a West Coast trip. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I and I get the judge concern. I will say so. There is a guy. There's a pretty good Twitter follow it's, uh, at Pro Football Doc. I don't know if you've ever checked him out. He's a former doctor of the Chargers. And what he does now is he essentially looks at video, analyzes it and predicts what the injury is going to be. And he is pretty damn accurate from from what I've seen with football, baseball, basketball. And he is saying that based on the video that he saw, he does not believe the toe is broken. I'm not giving any kind of injury update. Obviously, I don't I don't know anything, but I did see his update and I know he has about a 90 percent hit rate. So that does make me feel a little bit better. And even if it is a broken toe, 
you know, four to six weeks. It's not, it's not a torn ACL. It's not Tommy John. It, it, it's like, it's still livable, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I was surprised to hear broken toe. I thought it was just like banged a foot, you know? So it's probably a banged toe. You hope it's not too bad. We've got, I think you said it, like just sit him for this whole series yeah. against the White Sox because you don't want it to turn into a DJ thing. You don't want to get him the first instant he's like all right enough to play right now. We need him. Without him, we're done. Yeah, and assuming it's not broken, you assume that with a week with a week off, right? With a week off, yeah. he'd be fine. You know, stay off it. And that's the other thing. It's like I'm watching the game last night, and he's leaning up against the rail, standing. It's like sit down and elevate that foot, dude. Like that. That's like I, I don't understand why nobody told him that. Yeah, it's like I don't know. I I feel like if I were in that position, I would just be like, yeah, give me a walking boot. Like give me an air cast. Like whatever. Yeah. And if the media wants to be like, oh, my God, he's probably dead. Like, I'll be back in four days anyway. I'll be back in three days. Like, Jesus, give me the air boot. And he's wearing sneakers just just standing up. Uh, so that that was a little bit bit confusing. But he was, I mean, Saturday night, the, the home run that he hit and and the catch that he made. I always thought, so like, I'm, I'm 30. I always kind of figured watching A-Rod that, like, this is going to be the best regular season Yankee I ever watched, you know, a rods playing short. He's playing third. He's hitting 50 home runs. He's hitting 300, the ultimate five tool player. But what I've seen out of judge these past two years, I, I think judge's best has probably been better than Alex's best. And I know, I know that's a high bar, but judge is truly, truly doing it all. He does not have a single weakness to his game. Yeah. I mean, the only weakness is, and it doesn't necessarily play as just like the size of his body Yeah. in that when you have a little injury, it can be bigger because of that. And I've been very critical of like his health over the years. This is an injury that like he went out there and made a play like you can't no matter what it is, no matter what the result of the tests are, can't be mad at that play at all. No. And, and look, if it was if they were up 10 to one against the fucking angels or something and he did that, it'd be like, all right, man. But this was Saturday night, Dodger Stadium, Fox save the game. I mean, yeah. it's as big as a moment as it gets. You can't you can't fault him. He was in right field. He wasn't in center field like there wasn't anything that anybody could have done to prevent this. It's kind of funny. What I was thinking when that happened was he's not even supposed to be there. Like because he's the best center fielder in that. outfield. Yeah. And we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about center field because I, I have a big problem with with Harrison Bader. But I wanted to start out positive and I wanted to talk about Herman next. Domingo Herman was absolutely sensational last night. That curveball, and I didn't realize so David Cohn said this. He throws his curve forty one percent of the time. Did you realize that? No. Like this season, like that's a lot of fucking curveballs, dude. It is, but like I don't know, he's missed a lot of time. He's had a lot of time to rest that arm. You know, yeah. you're snapping up a lot of curveballs. It's not a guy that he's not a guy that I care about at all in the, the long term due to his like off the field stuff. Like I know the Yankees aren't going to re-sign him. No, I would no, hope not. No, you know, no, like the no. fan base is and he may be like he becomes a free agent and he's done with baseball because it's going to be tough to have a fan base that accepts him. Uh, but I don't know. Chapman got deals. So. I don't care. Like, go out there and throw 75% curveballs. Like, you know, whatever gets the job done. And when you look at it, like, it, you've got Cole. 
but like Schmidt's been bad. Like, yeah, Nestor's five and two, but he's got a five ERA. And Nestor has a 15 ERA in the fifth inning and later, which is terrifying. Yeah. Like that. It's the worst in the it's the worst in the majors. But Herman's mound presence last night, the way he was like stalking around the mound and pointing and clapping. He looked like a different a different guy, like that confidence level. I, I couldn't believe it. Maybe. Who knows? Like with the suspension, you know, that that was something I thought about is like coming out of that suspension. Like, was he just like, fuck it. Like, I got to go do like it's another thing on my record. Like, I got to bear down and I just have to, like, be true to, like, you know, whatever, like the dog within me. I, and maybe he's actually he's extra motivated. He he maintains that he had just rosin and the sequence where I think it was the sixth inning. He should have gotten a strikeout. The ump blew the check swing call in the game first, and then he just strikes out Mookie Betts on a nasty curve. I'm like, who is this guy? Like, you know, the Domingo Herman of the past would have let up a two run homer there in the game. Yeah. 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 That is I mean, to a certain extent, Cole gives up a home run there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like a yeah, lot of right. guys. do. A lot of guys do. That's a uh, one of the toughest things, I think, in baseball is dealing with the amount of errors that umpires make. And then coming back and doing it again, yes. like as a pitcher, because even if you think about like if you are a quarterback and you, you know, you throw a pass guy on your team drops it same way, like, you know, Hicks drops a fly ball in center field. You can just go to a different receiver next time. Yeah, you can't like control where they're going to hit the ball. Exactly. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. And I think a lot of the guys like Judge and Stanton are really good at that, too. You know, there was a play, it happens all the time, where Stanton gets a low strike called and the next pitch he hits a home run. And, and they're really good at, at bouncing back from that. You mentioned Schmidt's, Schmidt being bad. I, I really can't stand the guy, and I've been critical of him, but good start against the Reds, good start against the Orioles, good start against the Mariners. That's it's three good starts in a row. I, I, you've got my attention, Clark. I'm not ready to say yeah, I want him in the rotation long term or he's a stud, but, like, you've got my attention. His last two games started. He's got a zero oh four ERA. Yeah, and I was out. I was at the game where he pitched against the Orioles. He lost, but it was five innings, one run, and I was like, oh, okay. Like, uh, you know, usually when he pitches, the game's over in the third inning. Yeah, yeah. He uh, like he stepped up some, and it's part of the frustration with this team is that it's never really like all coming together. Um, you know, on the pitching side. The rotation's thin. We don't have – we have some really good relievers, but we don't have, like, that marquee closer. So the really good relievers have to get shuffled into different roles until they fail, and then we bump them down. And, you know, so it that's never clicking on all cylinders. And then, like, we hit our way to winning some games. But, like, in the last week, like the last – you know, for this trip, there are 13 people who have at least – 10 at bats for the Yankees. One of them is hitting over 300. Two of them are hitting 250 or higher. Like there's a lot of hope we're winning games. And, you know, I've talked about Volpe a lot and like what I'd like to see out of him because uh, he's got the nine home runs. He's got, you know, 26 RBIs, you know, he's third on the team in RBIs, but he's batting 193. And part of it is like if there are guys on base, he's getting the big hit. It's something like with the pressure, he can slow the game down without that 
the game seems too fast for him. Like he's trying to pull nonstop. He's not using the other field, the other, you know, the opposite field. So, you know, that's just like a microcosm, just using his, him in a, as an example here. But I would like to see them get a little bit of stability. I was on uh, with the guys on ESPN Syracuse. Then they were like, what do you want out of this team? Like as you get towards a deadline, it was just like, I want moves that let me have a really good idea of who's going to be in the lineup every day, where they're going to be batting so that they have that. And then who's our, who's going to be our closer so that we can figure out the rest. The closer, the closer thing is a big deal. Yeah. Stability is, I think what this team lacks. Yeah. Well, part of the stability issue is as, as we get guys back, other guys go down. I mean, look, I, this week, perfect example. You get Stanton back, you lose, you immediately lose Bader, and you potentially lose Judge. And that's why I hate the tweets like, "This would be my lineup when everybody gets healthy." Like, it's not happening. No one's ever there, healthy. There is no when everyone gets healthy. Like, it just, it just doesn't exist. Same thing here. Oh, Severino's back. See a Nestor. Like, that's just how it goes. They, you have to hope. Like, we have to hope for like eighty to eighty-five percent in October. A hundred percent is not happening. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna you're gonna get a hundred percent, but like. Roster construction is just a huge issue and like organizational, like not just the 26 man, but like the 40 man is a huge issue that doesn't give us even the ability to have stability at 85%. No. And we went in, it's, it's funny. We went into the season like, Oh, there's too many good infielders. Where's everybody going to play? I love DJ. He's been awful. Uh, Donaldson, Donaldson is Donaldson. And then, Glaber's been good recently, but I'm kind of waiting for that six-week dumpster fire. Peraza is like Babe Ruth down in Scranton. Every time I pull up Twitter, he's hitting another home run and, and stealing two more bases. Like it's, I feel like at some point he has to get burn over Donaldson and LeMahieu. I mean, DJ right now is a 240 singles hitter. I mean, yeah. he's killing them, and I love DJ. Me and you both love DJ. Yeah, I think you know, like one of the. Uh, maybe it was you who tweeted it. Someone tweeted that he had said, or it could have been in a chat that he has said, like, he wish he just gotten the toe surgery, which so did I, we said that too. Yeah. And like, is that the issue right now? Is that coming back? And, you know, I got asked today, like, well, you know, Donaldson came back. He had two big home runs. What else has he done? He doesn't have another hit besides that. No faith, no faith in Donaldson. And that's what made no sense with DJ. They shut him down last. It was around Labor Day. And he basically had what? What is that? Seven months to yeah. get the surgery? Like why? And they were just like, oh, maybe it'll get better. I, that never made sense. Like I know surgery can be painful and there's other things to deal with, like quality of life or whatever. But like, dude, you're making $15 million to play for the fucking Yankees. If surgery is going to heal it and you have the time get the surgery like I, I just i don't understand that one of my goals this year is to not have surgery i've been being pretty good at it. i've had surgery like every year the last like yeah, four yeah. years but it's funny like i go to the doctor and i'm just like so like what's the deal do can we skip the physical therapy and just if i'm gonna go to physical therapy for six weeks and you're gonna tell me maybe i should have surgery let's just have surgery let's yes. start give me that six weeks of recovery yep is what I've always done. So at the major league level, I'm getting then even at the same time, like we got Greg Allen back. Everyone's excited. He's, he's down. Yeah, of course. And so that's, it's my issue here. Like again, Bader, he has a great two weeks and, and don't get me wrong. I absolutely love his game. Like a frisky center fielder with energy, with pop that flies to every fly ball and catches everything. Like love his game. 
but I, I can't get excited about a guy that that can't stay on the field for three weeks in a row. It's like two and a half weeks and he's and he's down again. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's one of those things that like maybe it's not, you know, it's not always his fault, but like it is what it is. You know, right. He's got four like everyone loves Harrison Bader. He's 40 regular season games. If we had gotten him this year and he played every game, he would have played more games than he has in the year and a half we've had him. Yeah, again, they got him. They traded for him on August 1st. I think he debuted it around September 20th. He played the last week of the regular season and then the playoffs, and then he was hurt. The beginning of this this year had three weeks in a row and was hurt again. It's It's just really tough, and it's like we got him so that Judge wouldn't have to play center field, and now we're in a position where – our best IKF lineup is playing. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, come on, man. We, we need somebody that can just post every day in center field. Like doesn't have to be the best player, but gets to the balls, has plus speed. And that was supposed to be Greg Allen. And now he's injured. Yeah. And I think you're, you're also dealing with like the idea that you can't like, we can't even think about a future with him and like, yeah, he's got like, he's got some good pop, but we were concerned like shit, maybe judge is going to have to play center field. Like IKF is our center fielder right now. And I've seen people say like, Hey, you got to give Boone credit. Like he's winning with an outfield of, you know, Calhoun and IKF and Bowers. And it's just like, I don't know what credit you want to give him. Like, yes, he won a game like that. You, we're putting Aaron Boone in a position to have to make a lot of in-game decisions, which is his biggest weakness by far. 100%. I guess his biggest strength is what? Getting thrown out and imitating batting stances. Like, and wearing imitating hoodies. batting stances is number one. <laughs> yeah. um, I will say I have liked every one of his ejections this year. Oh, no, I, I do. I do. Like, like That is my favorite I think part He gets ejected in good spots. Yes, yes. And he and gets it tends fired to work, up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's good at getting the team fired up like he's a, you know, a player's coach. I don't know if that's going to be enough. Um, maybe if he had like a stronger bench coach or, you know, yeah, you know, like when you've got like a, you know, in the NFL, it's like I'm the head coach. I get them excited. I got an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator like that is like where he fits best. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I want to just go back quickly to the rest of the starting pitching from the Dodger series. So Friday night. Big Friday night spot, you know, 10-10 game. You got Severino under the lights, really fired up. And I don't have the stats in front of me, but the game was over in the first inning. I think he let up five runs or six runs in the first. And I'm hearing a lot of, oh, well, he was tipping pitches. Like, that doesn't make it okay. He was tipping pitches yeah. against Boston in the playoffs. We got steamrolled. Like, they don't they don't give you a redo if you're taking your pitches. Like, that is a fucking problem. Yeah, that's something that, you know, has to be corrected and like, if it's not corrected, I mean, where like where do we go from here? Like, you know, you're given the the resources at the major league level to make sure that you're not doing that. And if you continue to do that, you know, and, and you know, you had tried to you know give them the out of you know, not really the out, but just like ah Friday night, L.A., you know, gripping it too hard, overthrowing it, whatever it is. Either one doesn't make it exactly cool. Exactly. Exactly. It's not like, oh, that's cool. And like, oh, it only happened once. He, you know, he's been healthy all year and pitching great. Like we're on limited time. 
Yeah, and that was the frustrating part is it felt like a playoff game. And with that, he pitched like he has in the playoffs, which has been pretty much terrible. I think he has one playoff win as a Yankee in whatever six of the six years he's been in the league. That was really and, – and it just – we've seen that before, whether it was that wild card game that he got bombed against the Twins or that game against the Red Sox. 2019 against Houston, he got bombed right away. Like he's had so many playoff games where the game is over in the first inning. And it just it gave me like PTSD to that on Friday. Yeah, no, I think you you nailed it. Um, Cole, we called it this. This was such an obvious lock of like a dominating spot for it. It was was so obvious. He was obviously going to dinner. He was (laughs) obviously had a fucking great resi lined up. Now, the cramping is like huge sigh of relief that it was just like cramping. And, you know, I think for all of us, like there was a bit of like. You can't get through one more inning with some cramps, you know, uh, especially when we saw them score two after he was out of the game. But, I mean, he's a big game pitcher, and I don't need nine innings out of a big game pitcher. If you put us in a a place to win the game and we got to take you out with, uh, you know, we were 5-1 at the time. Yeah, they were cruising. Like, yeah, like he's. I mean, he's he's an ace. He's an ace. And I know that, you know, at seven and zero with an almost three ERA, you know, wins and losses don't matter to people, whatever. Like he has shit around him in that rotation. And he is really we can rely on him every fifth day, which means a lot to the the lineup. You know, I I've said before, like there are some players that for some reason I was it Paxton who just like. The lineup just doesn't show up for you. Or Jordan Montgomery, Montgomery never Montgomery. got run support. Yes, yes, yes. I feel like they show up for Cole because like and I don't think that they're being like, fuck Montgomery. I'm not taking batting practice today. But maybe there's a little extra there for Cole because he's a clubhouse leader. I, you know, I feel like we have seen some of the guardedness uh, that is him like come down. I can only imagine what it's like in the in the clubhouse because they're like. They're totally different people. I saw like I think AJ Pruszynski has a podcast and I get like clips of it on TikTok. And he had Doug Mankiewicz on and Doug Mankiewicz talked about like, you know, I signed with the Yankees as a free agent. And I was just like they were the offer. So like I took it and I was just like, this is probably going to kind of like suck because you, you see from the outside. But then you get there and like Derek Jeter's the funniest guy who like makes fun of himself. And like it's totally different when you're in there. And I feel like Cole brings some of that. Oh, 100 percent. And he's been here like this is his fourth year. He's been there a while now. So it's it's not like, you know, year year one was covid. Even 2021 was a year was a weird year. Now he's he's established. I mean, Severino's been there the longest in the rotation, but nobody's ever going to look at him. As a leader, Rodon's newer, hasn't pitched. Clark's newer, Brito. Like Cole, Cole is clearly the guy, and he has some, you know, he has he has some tenure now. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the. Um, I've always thought I've talked about the rotation like a quarterback room. Yes. Um, and it hasn't really panned out as much as we'd like with like Tyone and Kluber. A lot of that due to injury, but yeah, I mean, he goes out there, he sets the tone, he's the example. I don't think there's anything he could say to another one of those pitchers that they could be like, yeah, but you don't do, you know, right. he does it all. <laughs> no, that's a great example. And even with the cramping, I'll sign up for six innings, one earned every single cold start for the rest of my life. Yeah. That's good enough to win. Yeah. 
It's like it's good enough to win, especially like and I get it. You know, hey, it's the Dodgers. It's, you know, hey, you never know. We may see them in the World Series. This wasn't, you know, a September game in Fenway playing for a playoff spot. So if we get six innings of one run, like no need to push it here. And I trust him. He games through everything. If I'm sure if he if he came out, he really couldn't go out there and be effective. Like I I trust Plus, like, hey, it's five one. You yeah. got to be able to rely on the same way. Like at times you have to leave a guy in because like you need him to do it in the playoffs. Like he needs to be able to get this next out. A guy who's like maybe struggling, maybe close to a pitch limit. This bullpen needs to be able to close out a four run lead. Yeah. Yeah. And they have to get nine outs. Yeah. And that was a little like Wandy struggle a little bit. That was that was that was kind of dicey. They, they got through it. And I really didn't think I really didn't think they were going to win Sunday without judge. With, but the, but they did. Um, I was really, really fired up about that. And this last quick thing on Sunday, they scored two runs off of the contact play that I have never seen work before when they yeah. were on contact. And, and they scored twice. Rizzo. Yeah. <laughs> Rizzo is a fun, like, obviously, like he he's playing really well. He hits a good amount of home runs. Um, he you know, he's hitting for average from a. Stand from the standpoint of like defense, I think it's very easy now that we've had him for two and a half, one and a half years, almost almost two years. Almost at this two, point. yeah, it was July of twenty one. Yeah, it's really easy to forget what a nightmare it was between Teixeira and Rizzo. Like that time in between, every throw was a gasp. Now he he's so secure at first base. But he's also like he steals bases when he can. Like he play, he's never gonna get caught not being prepared, not knowing what I'm gonna do if the ball is hit to me, not knowing what I'm gonna do if the ball is hit to a certain place. He's never gonna be. We're never gonna be down by two with him on first, and he gets thrown out at third base. He's never making the first or last out at third base, and that's what happened with that contact play. Yeah, and there's no other first baseman currently playing. I don't care what the numbers say that I'd rather have than than Rizzo at first. No question. How many times has he bailed out Glaber and Volpe and IKF on bouncing ball? And not just like the easy scoops, like those tough short yeah. hops. He picks everyone. And he's always smiling, buying cases of wine, like really great to have around the team. Yeah, and you I'll were talking about the first gone. base. Like I was thinking about it. Like 2021, it was Voight. Voight got injured. They they tried DJ there. They had Jay Bruce for a couple of weeks. They called up Chris Gittens. Like it was a fucking disaster. Hard hitting Chris Gittens. Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> it really was. And like you're so used to. I mean, to go from Tino to Giambi to Teixeira. Like we're so used to having stud first baseman. That that year and a half or whatever it was was weird. Chris G- Gittens is in Japan. That doesn't surprise me. He didn't do he yeah. didn't do much when he was uh, when he was caught up. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And I want to go back to, to Volpe. So I agree, like, not getting it done. And people are like, oh, like, he's so back. He had two home runs on the West. Like you said, 193. But I, I feel like there are two extremely hot takes. It's the Volpe. You have the people that are like, give him time. He's the next Jeter. He's Italian. He's from New York, Jersey. And then you have the other side that's like, send him down. He's a bust. I'm kind of in the middle. Like, I don't think he's going to be anywhere close to Jeter, but they clearly made a commitment. We wanted them to play the kid. Like, you, you have to see it through. You have to keep playing it every day. What kind of message does it – it just looks like – we look like a clown show if we send him down now. You almost have to just ride it out, I think. There's the thing. You got two guys. One's played 60 games. One's played 61. 225 at-bats, 212 at-bats. Both have nine home runs. One has 25 RBIs. One has 26. One has one triple. The other has two. few more hits for the first guy. A lot more strikeouts for the second guy. A lot of stolen bases for the second guy. That's Glaber Torres and Anthony Volpe. I still think the best move that the Yankees can make is to trade Glaber Torres for pitching, move Volpe to second base, call Peraza up to play short. You've got a middle infield for the next five, six years. Ten years, maybe. Yeah, well, I'm just talking on these, like, Oh, definitely, the like, yeah, yeah, got, yeah, 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 yeah. And because, like, listen, Peraza's tearing it up in AAA. Peraza has torn it up in AAA. AAA is not the major leagues, though. Like, he was in spring training. He's had the opportunities. And, like, I mean, he he was the preferred. Uh, they would have loved IKF to just go out and win the job. But if it wasn't IKF, they wanted Peraza. Yeah, no, I agree. And you're right that you are right that the minors are different, but they've also never given Peraza like three straight weeks of playing. They they call him up for a game. He sits for four games. Then he plays. I would love to just see him get two and a half straight weeks of playing every day and see what he can do there like like they're doing with Volpe. And he hasn't gotten that. Well, he didn't earn it in when the opportunity came like Volpe. So now, like, where do you put Peraza? If you want to call him up today. What I, I want to give him some I want to give him some time at third and, you know, and give him some starts over DJ. Well, I really want to do what you just said and, and Trey Glaber because Glaber's on a hot streak like he's on one of his hot streak right now. And he's hitting 258 with a 333 OBP. So when he inevitably has his three week slide, like he's going to finish, I, I guarantee when it's all said and done, he's going to be like 247, 23 homers. 325 OBP, like something like that. And this is a guy, and I think the reason it's so disappointing is when he was coming up, it was like him, Juan Soto, and Ronald Acuna were like the three young guys. And, you know, Soto and Acuna are winning MVPs and Glaber's hitting 255. Like that's why it's frustrating, I think. Yeah, I mean, Glaber for the last month is hitting 279, but for the last week is batting like 190. The hot streak's uh, over, yeah. Yeah, the hot streak is. But it was. It was coming. Day. No, it was. Yeah. It was. It, it may be done. It may be cooling down. 
But I think as we now get into like later into June, unless you're going to give up on Volpe, which is going to be really tough with the fans or say Peraza, who's tearing it up, is never going to be one of our guys. Glaber's the move. Yeah, no, 100%. And and even with the Volpe and Peraza thing, Peraza is clearly the better defender at short. There's not a person yes. at the, in the Yankee organization, if you gave him truth serum, that would say that Volpe's better. Their their best long-term plan is clearly to have Peraza at short and Volpe at second. It's just how do you get there? And you got Donaldson and DJ, the two aging guys that they're, they're still paying. It's just tricky. But the other thing with Glaber is, if you remember Cano in the beginning, Cano his rookie year made a ton of mental errors. He didn't hustle. He'd forget what base to throw to. And then in 2007, Larry Boa basically like lit a fire under his ass. Yeah. And he never really did that again. Glaber is still doing it in year. What, what is it? Year five. Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah. it's never going to get fixed. Clearly. No, it's, um, listen, Glaber's best look is hanging out with a backwards hat and like in a winter league where like Presidente is one of the sponsors and he can have a beard. <laughs> Yeah, but no, you're, you're right. You know, like yeah. that's what he said is coolest. When it comes down to it, it's just, again, it's a lot of like physical. I had a coach who always used to say like physical errors happen. Mental errors are unacceptable. And, you know, that's especially like this long to it. But he's also like there's a little bit of control on him. Maybe it, with a change of scenery, like he's the most I've said it a million times. He's the most Miami Marlins. Oh, look, yeah, I've yeah. Ever seen. Oh, it would be great down there, especially if the like if the Marlins made a run to like a wild card spot with Glaber, that'd be great. That'd be a perfect fit. No, you're right. He'd be like the captain. You could totally see it like face of the franchise yeah. guy that he'll never that he'll never be with us. And he he has just enough pop, like just enough pop that he has some truthers and diehard fans and people that want to keep him. But I, I've just yeah, I've seen enough again, mostly mostly mentally um, in the field and, and running the bases. It's, that's frustrating. But I, I think, I think Volpe gets it together, but I, it's like, dude, we, we got to get to two twenty two thirty here. Like these ones is not, is not acceptable. Well, yeah. So uh, the thing, the only saving grace for Volpe right now is he has the nine home runs. He has the 26 RBIs. Like when the time comes, he can step up. It's rounding out the rest of the game and slowing that down, using the whole field, letting the game come to him, which if done in the right way, which is we've traded Glaber Torres because we believe you and Peraza are the future of our middle infield. We want to move you. We're going to move you to second base. We're going to let him come up and play short. You're going to excel there. It's going to be great. It's going to take some pressure off you. That works. If it's, Hey, you beat these guys out in spring training. Now one of them's the center fielder and the other one's coming to take your job and we're going to send you down. We've killed this kid's confidence. Exactly. And that's why you can't that that's why they're in a tough spot with him. But I, I think some point you got to you got to try to give Peraza some burn and maybe maybe it'll be, oh, they, they want to get DJ off his feet for 10 days. And that's that's his chance to come up. I, they might be able to figure something out. A um, lot of. Donaldson coming back is a huge issue. Like yeah, it's a logic. It, it, it muddies it up. And, you know, Cabrera's back, and you can't send him down because he plays outfield and infield, and we just need that right now. Yeah, you, you can't send Cabrera down. It's it's this revolving door of, of injuries. It's just exhausting. Like, I 
I, I'm looking at my notes. Bader month to month, or Bader will miss a month. Nestor will miss at least two starts. Greg Allen will miss three weeks. Stanton back, Canely back, Donaldson back, Judge TBD. Like it's it's almost too much to keep up with. Yeah. Uh, one of the hardest things about getting ready for this podcast is just like who's back and like when are they going to be back? And then also like you don't believe it. Like, I mean, we do a show every week. We talk about the progression of Stanton, Donaldson, Canely. And then when they came back the day after we recorded the podcast, I was like kind of surprised. Yeah, that it oh, worked for out. sure. Although I think we both said this when it when Stanton went down, like I feel like Stan got hurt, looked at the calendar and was like, I'm coming back for the Dodgers series. We have a break in in my office. Ah, uh, here we go. <laughs> Hi, little one. Your face is filthy. It's covered in food. Can you go give mommy a hug? Go give mama a hug. That's parenting 101. There's also a parenting podcast. Yeah. I didn't lock the door to my office and it's class. I just see her like crank it and come in. Um, yeah, I mean, it all goes back to what we've been saying for a while, which is roster construction, roster construction, roster construction, like is an issue. Yeah. And people, and this is the time of the year where you'll start to see people posting screenshots of what, what I don't the trade simulator or yep. whatever it is where it's like, oh, well, I would do this. None of those trades will ever happen. But but the, the issue with that is like the off season was the time like that's when you can get guys just for money. You and know? when you when you got them for but also like labor, you had them for two years. You have to in order to find a trade partner for him now, which is why being a general manager is tough. You have to find a team that sees value in him for a year and a half. Will maybe try to make an offer for him in free agency. And they have extra pitching. Which I, maybe that's one or two teams, maybe. They almost traded him for Pablo Lopez last year. Like that was very Should close. Have. It was very close to happening. But that was another half a year of control. Right. That, that we lost. Yeah. I, I just I, I it's hard for me to get excited about the deadline. Well, A, because you can't just sign anybody. And B, again, we've talked about this for Montas, for Gallo, for Rizzo, for Lou Trevino. I mean, they've traded pretty much all of their prospects that they're willing to trade. I mean, they're not going to trade Dominguez. At the deadline. No, they're not going to trade Austin Wells. Like, I, I don't know if they have any of many of those second tier guys, you know, those non untouchable guys that they could actually get something for. Like, we pretty much tapped them all out for the guys I just named. And there's got to be some honesty that like as of right now, like we're a third place team. Yes. You don't trade away the future for a third place team that has a ton of holes in it right now. Like there isn't one thing that we're going to fix. I'm glad you said that. So where do you think like I was looking at the standings today. What What would be your prediction for? All right, October 1st, like where where are we finishing? We are I, – I mean right now I feel more comfortable saying second place. Me too. I think the Rays are going to be tough. Can you hear that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She just came in behind me just blowing raspberries. Can you give Joey a kiss? Hugs and kisses. That just gets him running away. <laughs> That's my one-and-a-half-year-old for everyone listening. <laughs> Just to be like, go give someone a hug and she'll fucking do it. Kids love <laughs> tasks. <laughs> Next, I'm going to ask her to put something in the trash when she comes back. Give her give her some homework. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what we're going to do. Like I, I was looking earlier. I didn't see anything like recent on like where Glaber could be traded. I did see like for early in the season, there was like, well, the Phillies lost Reese Hoskins. They could shuffle some people, but like their pitching sucks. So like they don't have anyone to get. I don't us. want they don't they don't they only have four starters. They do a bullpen game every fifth game. Yeah. Not, like, yeah. 
that's the thing. It's like you have to find someone who's going to make the playoffs and be like, well, we've got this extra starter laying around. By the way, I haven't seen a single Phillies hat, shirt, jersey anywhere. <laughs> basically since since opening day after after red october it's like they don't even exist anymore <laughs> like, i'm gonna be honest i look at the standings like every day and i guess i just don't scroll down far enough <laughs> like yeah i mean i mean it makes my summer a lot easier like uh, you know i got a lot of family things coming up and right. so it makes it you know just a, a bit easier yeah no i was running to somebody and they like wanted to talk about the the eagles i was like it's baseball season like, how's your baseball team doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Right. Like, it's, it's May. Can you go throw this in the trash for me? Can you go put that in the garbage? Parenting 101 right here. <laughs> Dude, we are we are multitasking. So this week, three against the White Sox. It's going to be, I guess, Clark Schmidt. And then for Nestor's spot, what do you think? Brito? They call Brito back up since it's yeah, been probably. the 10 days. I mean, who and else? then Severino. Yeah, pitch clear. Pitch IKF. Yeah. Cole Friday against the Red Sox is how it's looking up. I am looking at that game and I am thinking like that might be a fun one to go to. Yeah, you did. You asked me a while ago. If I yeah, yeah. I always look in advance and I'm like, if I see the Coles lined up and it's a Friday night, it's I am hard to say no. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to New York tomorrow and like trying to sneak away. Like I've got a client dinner Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't know if they want to go to dinner. One guy said he's down to do something, but he also knows when he got to my client and we met the first time, he knew who I was from this world. Oh, which is which is no, which is helpful because if only he wants to like do something, go get drinks. I'll be like, you want to go to the Yankee game? Right. And you can expense it. Well, I'll yeah, I'll get the tickets for free anyway. Yeah. 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 So nice. Not, Not a bad idea. But when you look at this week, it is like we've got. These are six cupcake games. These are two bad teams that we're playing. Like, I know it's the Red Sox, but, like, these are bad teams. And they uh, jacked up. They do. They jack. It's funny how they jack the prices up for Boston, even though they are. Even though they are a last place team. Like, you, you go on. It's like 65 bucks for the upper deck, 150 for the 200 level. It's like they're a last place team. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, they're a bad team. And they are, um, you know, they're. It is what it is like they're a bad team. They're going to jack the prices up, but like they're a bad team. So realistically, knowing that like there are tougher games, we, we play these six games. Then we go to City Field. The Mets are bad, but it's a subway series. There's an energy, you know, whatever it is. And then after that, we're in Boston. These six games are the easiest of the 11 games. So. Even though like we're depleted and we don't have judge, like you really have to go out there and try to go like five and one. I was gonna say five and one. I mean, with or without judge, you're taking two out of three from the white. The White Sox are horrible. Yeah. So absolutely no excuse there. You're but like, we need a sweep. We we need a sweep yeah. the way we have like earlier in the season where it's just like, all right, let's build a little a little confidence off of you know the getting a sweep. You know, I think a sweep without judge is just a tough ask. Um, no matter the team. And also PSA Saturday is a seven thirty five start because of the Belmont for anybody wondering or planning. They don't want to, they don't want to conflict with the Belmont, which is, I guess on long Island. What the fuck does that have to do with anything? Oh, I like horse racing. I know, but like you play 162 games. 
I think Fox must have the Belmont. Okay, maybe that's what it is. And it's at it's seven, and they didn't want to. But I yeah. just can't see, like, hey, there's this thing happening 20 miles away. There is no overlap right, of the right. audience. Right. Uh, or, like, of the attendees. Like, I, we went to that game, and then you took the, like, you hung out for a little bit, took the train home. Yeah. I got on there and started driving right away because I had to get past the Meadowlands because Taylor Swift was performing that night. Oh, right, like right, right. Traffic was starting. Yeah. And I was like, I just got past it. Yeah. Wow. OK, no, that makes sense. And then I think Sunday, Sunday is a Sunday night. Man, they played a lot of night between the West Coast and all these national games. I feel like every game has been a night game, like since that game we went to. The Yankees don't play another game before seven o'clock until the 24th. Wow. And that's a four o'clock, right? That's Saturday. Yeah. You going to go to that? I'm leaving Beach Haven that day. Uh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. I'll, yeah, I'll be at the beach that whole week. So at least I do get to watch, like, I'll get to watch the Yes Network, aside it's, from just games. Like, I'll get the pre and post game for some stuff. I treat is Beach my, Haven like Long Beach Island? Yes, yeah, same thing. And so that that's Yankees territory? It's like, yeah, it's more Yankees. Like, you go wow. to a bar, they have the Yankee game on. That's awesome. That you makes will get, a huge difference. You get some Phillies. Okay. You'll get some of it, but, like... Yeah, like the cable comes with the Yankees. It's so much easier, like socially during during those situations, and especially as you get older now. And it's like, all right, I have a kid, and social social recreational opportunities it's limited. If I have one free thing to do on a weekend, it's like, do I want to go to somebody's barbecue or out to dinner with some couple, or do I want to go to Yankee Stadium? Like, I want to go to Yankee Stadium. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, I, like, I'm I'm stealing the games when I can, but yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Like, all these games are seven o'clock games. Mets seven o'clock. Next weekend, seven o'clock Mariners, seven o'clock Rangers, seven on the Friday, four, then one. And then back to the West Coast. Oh, right. They go back to. Oh, yeah. What is it? Oakland. Oh, uh, that four o'clock, four o'clock starts at Yankee Stadium on a Saturday are rare. It's like and every other year. Honestly, I looked at it. And if I didn't have to pick up my dogs from boarding, it's like, ah, I'm already here. Like I'm halfway. Right, right. Ah, the dogs. Yeah. You know, got to got to leave the house. Got to be out of the house at 11. Go grab lunch, drive up. But got to go get the dogs. From yeah. The Philly, no. From the Philly Pet Hotel. Let's go. Let's go five and one this week. Five and one. Figure it out. I'm optimistic on Judge. Maybe maybe you're listening to this on Tuesday and it, he gets diagnosed with a broken toe. But I do trust the pro football doc. Um, he's never really, uh, again, 90%, 90% hit rate. He analyzes the video, former doctor of the chargers, like not just some schmuck off the street. Like I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about this. Here's where I am on it. I have just seen like how bad it could be. You told me about a guy saying something in a tweet or a video that I have not seen myself. And I'm all in that judge is fine. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am 100% judge is fine. And we've never had an MRI or an x-ray come back clean for him. Why not now? Why not this one? Yeah. Why not us? One time. <laughs> Don't make Jake Bowers carry this team bat in three something for the last 15 days. Two, but that was dude, him hitting two bombs. What a fun, that was a fun fucking series, man. That, that, it that was, was a lot of fun. I, I will say though, I'm tired of fucking seeing Dodger stadium. Yeah. Between JD like Martinez, games, dude. JD Martinez. <sighs> I need space. Um, it's just, yeah, it, it's, I've had enough of it. Let them come to New York for a while. Yeah, I think I would guess with the new schedule, they'll be here next year. Yankees will probably charge $150 for bleacher seats. Yeah. For those yeah. games. Um, yeah. 
Well, I think that's uh, I think that's all we got. We got it's kind of a short one this week. Nick has softball. I got to go. I, you know, I got these kids. Got to I, I should have locked the door. It's on me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you can follow Nick on Twitter at nkirbynyy. You can follow me at JJ from the Bronx. Shout to the uh, listener who spotted me at a South Jersey like town fair. Yeah, can you tweet at us, whoever that was? I want to. It, know it was. It was the guy that you thought it was. Yeah, yeah, the South Jersey guy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't realize he was South Jersey. We've tweeted for, like, years. I didn't realize I didn't even follow him. And then I'm literally – I'm at, like, the merry-go-round. Yeah. With my – I got my two daughters. I got a wagon, my wife, my one of my daughter's friends and her mom. They're going to get on it. I'm standing with a wagon with a baby. I'm in South Jersey. It's very trashy. I'm people watching. I'm just like, yeah, you needed to wear that McNabb jersey today. Um (laughs) And then all of a sudden, I just I hear like a commotion, and I'm just like, ignore it, ignore it. And I realize the guy yelling, "George's box, George's box." That's and sick. I was just like, "Oh yeah, hey, hey, that's I didn't expect that here." And then in walking like through the fair, we came like around a thing like face to face, and I was just like, "Oh hey," and he was like, "Hey Jack, good podcast." And then he tweeted at me after and was just like. I'm sorry, I called your name like a fucking weirdo, and it's like, no, like it's. No, so that's funny. awesome. That that dude, if that happened, in, in, especially in not even in Yankees country, like that's wild. That's cool, man. That's really. Yeah, cool. no, it's really cool. We appreciate everyone who listens. It's easy when you don't go to a ton of games or tons of things to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, people listen to this show. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it feels like it's just me and you talking. Like it's just, <laughs> this is our better help. <laughs> no, it's literally what it is. We just don't charge each other. Oh, <laughs> uh, therapy. All right. Well, hey, we will. I might be at the game on Wednesday. We'll see. I'll tweet if I am. Maybe I'll see you there or we'll see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.